Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a guy that understands that manslaughter is less than murder, but it sounds way worse. He is the captain. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening, and thanks for telling a friend. I hope everybody had a safe and wonderful Easter, regardless if you celebrate or not. I hope you and yours had a wonderful weekend. Today, we are drinking Ryan the Beaster Bunny by one of my favorites, Evil Twin Brewing, garage grade, three and three quarter bottle caps out of five. This is a delightful Saison slash farmhouse ale, a collaboration between Ryan and the Beaster Bunny. They describe it as fluffy and precise. I describe it as sweet, very floral, and a little funkiness. And Ryan and the Beaster Bunny was brought to us by these funk masters. First up, we have Joel, a.k.a. Valhalla88 on Instagram from Cairns, Australia. Big grudge thank you to you, Joel. And a big cheers, mates, to Bianca in Brisbane, Australia. And a shout-out to our friend Sarah, who is just north of beautiful Yellowstone Park in Big Sky Country, Montana. And a big we like your jib, too, Zachary, on the road in Canada. We also have Donna down in Houston, Texas, who says she's falling more in love with the captain oh, with yeah. each episode. All right. Call, <laughs> call me, girl. And call last me. but certainly not least, we have Marina in Centralia, Washington. And thanks to everybody for filling up the fridge. We like your chip. And if you want to get more involved with the show, go to truecrimegarage.com. We have our blog there. You can add your questions and comments on each case. And if you want to support the show, we have our store page there as well. Check out all the fabulous t-shirts. And and I love the people that send us on like social media. They'll send us pictures in their shirts. I love it. We have the most beautiful listeners that I've ever seen. Probably the sexiest group of listeners in the <laughs> world. That's right. All right, Captain. That's enough of the business. Everybody gather around. Grab a chair. Mm-hmm. Grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. 
All right, Captain, this is long, long overdue, my friend, because way back in 2016, I believe we sat here together in the garage, Mm -hmm. Halloween night, drinking beers, talking true crime documentaries that we had both seen. We both came up with a list. You gave a top 10. I gave a top 10. And since that day, I think he blacked out that night. I had such a good time. (laughs) I had such a good time. That was there. There about once a year, I sleep on the garage floor, and <laughs> that was one. That was one of those times. But since that day, Captain, we have we have been hit hard with emails. Yeah, people saying, "Hey, you got to watch this. Hey, you got to watch that. Hey, when you're going to come out with a new list?" Yeah. Well, guess what? We we work very hard here in the garage, and we decided last week a lot of people on spring break, a lot of people having a good time. So the captain and I said, you know what? Let's let's we're gonna take a break. Let's chillax a little bit, mm-hmm. and let's have a good time because you know I've fallen behind on my true crime documentaries because each week we get we get eyeballs deep in a case mm-hmm. for about a week's time, and then we go in and record the thing and. I keep getting told, watch this, watch that. I don't, I can't get involved in another case. Yes. Last week allowed me a little bit of time to get caught up on some of the ones that have been recommended to us. So, well, we were supposed to be on spring break ourselves, but mm-hmm. then we decided, Hey, let's binge watch some true crime and let's also binge drink. And we'll make that our spring break and we'll give you something to listen to. There we go. So today we're going to do something uh, it's a little different than how we did it in the past. You know, you gave your top 10 list. I gave my top 10 list last time. Today, we've kind of just collaborated on a list. We have 10 recommendations for you to watch, and it's not necessarily a countdown, so to speak. This right. is in no particular order at all, but what we came up with is, with is this. This is must-see true crime TV mm-hmm. is what I what I would call this. And thank you to everybody who have sent in their recommendations throughout the, the months since we've last done this. But let's go over our top 10 list from before. Yes, because then we'll get it. We'll, we will get a bunch of emails and a bunch of posts that said, hey, you forgot about this one. This is not so much about forgetting about anything. There's, there's definitely documentaries out there that we've not watched. Mm-hmm. But we'll go through our list real quick. Captain, why don't you hit them with your top 10 list from back in 2016. So my top 10 was number 10, Capturing the Freedmen's, number nine, Amanda Knox, number eight, Case of JonBenet Ramsey. It was a CBS special. Uh, number seven, The Imposter, number six, Cropsey, number five, Who Took Johnny, number four, Finding Emma, the Fifth Estate docuseries on Emma Philipoff, number three, West of Memphis, mm-hmm. Number two, Soaked in Bleach. Number one, the Paradise Lost trilogy series. And for me, Captain, it was number 10, Cropsey. Number nine, The Imposter. Number eight, Making a Murderer. Number seven, The Iceman Tapes. That's an old one. You know, Mm -hmm. I like to always throw an old one in there. That's because you're old, my friend. (laughs) Number six, The Devil and the Death Penalty. Number five, Dear Zachary. Number four, Who Took Johnny. Number three, Killer Legends. Number two, Eileen, Life and Death of a Serial Killer. And number one, I shared, we both shared uh, the same thoughts on number one, Paradise Lost Trilogy. It's a must watch. I've probably watched it five times. Um, 
But those are our lists from 2016. This is a different list, like I said. These are must-see true crime TV. So if you're listening at work, what you want to do is you want to get out a little piece of paper, a mm-hmm. little pencil, and write these down as you go. Actually, Or you, you know, could do what I did. I used to go to the bathroom and take naps <laughs> Well, what, at work. What I think we will do is we will just... We'll put this list on the blog. So mm-hmm. if you go to the website at truecrimegarage.com, you can click on the blog, and we will have a list there for you to review. And also, this would be a good place to put... I mean, we're only going to get to 10 things that we've seen, so there's tons of other stuff out there. Please, please send it our way. During downtime, I'm always looking for something good to watch. Yes, but uh, please don't post any spoilers on there. Yeah, no spoilers. Okay, so the first one I wanted to talk about, Captain, is one that was highly recommended, and I thought I was really looking forward to this one. It was called The Keepers. Play that trailer for us, Captain. Baltimore has always been a quintessentially Catholic city. The priests were the authority. Whatever they told you to do, you did. The city has its level of corruption. Sister Kathy exemplified this spirit of compassion and kindness. I have never had a teacher like that before. She was murdered our senior year, and it's always haunted many people in the community. Our mission, we were driven to find out who hurt Sister Kathy. People pop up from 45, 50 years ago who say, I have a story I'd like to tell you. I believe Kathy Sesnick was killed because she was going to talk about what went on at Keogh. There's an on-the-record public story of what happened to Sister Kathy. And then there's the world beneath. The police department and the state could provide protection for the priest. There were other people brought in, local business owners, politicians that were part of this network. I can testify that over a hundred victims have been abused. Time is getting short for us to be able to figure out what happened to Kathy. My father said to my mother, you want to know why I drink? Because we killed a woman and we put her behind the shop. He said, see what happens when you say bad things about people. This goes bigger and deeper than we can imagine. The story is not the nun's killing. The story is the cover-up of the nun's story. Powerful stuff there. <laughs> this story makes is... You want, but I'm telling you, that trailer makes you want to go out and watch it. Oh, I mean, it was a very good uh, docu-series as well. It's about a cold case from 1969 um, of a nun who was killed. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing here, though, is once they start looking into her murder you start looking at potential other crimes that were being covered up at the same time. This was a seven part series. I don't have the episode lengths here in front of me, but they were longer episodes, probably about an hour each Mm -hmm. because this was a very comprehensive look at this case. And that was the thing that was so impressive about the makers of the keepers They probably did one of the singular best jobs when it comes to rounding up all of the players. They tracked everyone down and interviewed them. And that's what's so great about this story. It's got, it's got everything. It's a cold case murder of a victim that was truly a great, wonderful human being that spent her life 
trying to help and educate others, someone that should have had absolutely no enemies, but obviously she had at least one because she was murdered. And once you learn about her, you realize the only way she could have had an enemy is for that person to be truly, truly evil. And it was made by the same people that made the Amanda Knox documentary and the Making a Murder documentary as well. So if you like those two, you're going to probably like this one. My favorite part of this docuseries, Captain, was that they tracked down living suspects and interviewed them. Rarely when you watch these docuseries or documentaries, can they, can they get a suspect to be able to talk? Right. You know, and that was what was so fascinating here. They tracked down all the living suspects and most of them sat through interviews. And it's weird because at times, you know, they, they kind of, you, you look at some of the things they say and you're like, this person probably did this. And then other things they say, you're like, maybe not. Um, but this is an absolutely great docu-series. One thing we wanted to do was we wanted to give some kind of grading to each one. No disclosure. I haven't seen this one yet. Okay. Well, and maybe we should talk about that now because this is a comprehensive list. This is, you brought some to the table. I brought some to the table. Some of them you have seen some of, I have seen and some overlap where we've both seen them. And we only had a week to binge. Yeah. So sometimes the binging of the, the drinking, uh, kind of got in the way of the binging of the watching, you know, when you mm-hmm. end up taking a power nap, like, like I like to call it power nap when you're binging on the binging. So the three things we wanted to discuss with each one of these that we go through today is one, a grading to each one. We'll give them a bottle cap grading one through yeah. five, just like we do the beers five being the most delicious documentary docu series out there. Mm-hmm. Um, number two would be, was it binge worthy? And number three, would you watch it again? Right. So captain, I think for this one for keepers, I gave it four out of five bottle caps. I thought it was very well done. It's, it's pretty high. Yeah. It's, it's a very good docu series binge worthy. I would say yes. And, and I, I got to kind of give a little more thought to that than just a yes. The way that it worked for me was. This was highly anticipated by me. I was really looking forward to this docu-series. It does start off a little slow. Episode one, episode two was a little little slow. Once mm-hmm. once I got through two, I couldn't get enough of it. I started tearing through these things because I'm like, they start getting to the suspects, and I'm like, I got to know what happened. I got to know what these weirdos are up to. Um, <laughs> would I okay. watch it again? I, I actually, I put no for what I watch it again, just because it was very comprehensive. Like I said, it was very thorough. Mm-hmm. I actually don't find a need to watch it again. I was able to absorb everything and I thought they did a fantastic job. And like you said, it's a multi, it's seven parts or something like that. So that's a lot. To, it's a commitment to rewatch again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So now that you watch the series, would you put it on your top 10 list of best true crime docs or? Mm. Would it take somebody's place? I putting you on the spot. Yeah, you did. I didn't realize this was going to be part of the conversation. I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, would be my best tell answer. Me, tell me your answer, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't think so. It was very good, and I would. Abs- I've recommended mm. it to people outside of the garage. But you want to knock somebody off your list? No, not okay. for not for the keepers. Okay. Next up, we have O.J. Simpson, The Lost Confession, and the captain has a clip from that interview for us. 
the chapter, chapter six is called The Night in Question. Mm -hmm. uh, and you write in the book, now picture this and keep in mind that this is Purely hypothetical. 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 Yes. Why don't you tell me what might have happened on the night of June 12th, 1994? <laughs> And let's just walk yeah, through the night. I, well, first of all, it's, this is very difficult for me to do this. Uh, it was very difficult for me because it's hypothetical. I know and I accept the fact that people are going to feel whatever way they're going to feel. <laughs> you know, uh, they're going to, uh, um, you know, some, uh, whatever, uh, whatever they want to feel. In the book, the hypothetical is... Uh, uh, Charlie. Uh, Paul Sutter. Charlie. <laughs> Uh, this guy Charlie shows up, the guy who I had recently become friends with, and uh, I don't know why you had been by Nicole's house, but it told me you wouldn't believe what's going on over there. And uh, and I remember thinking, well, whatever's going on over there has got to stop, right? So we kind of hooked up together, and uh, you know, I'm kind of broad stroking this. We go over. Get into Bronco and go over it. Let's just go back and do the details. Where did you I park? Do the detail. You park in, in the hypothetical in the alley. Right. You park in the alley. Yeah. And you put on a wool cap and gloves. Uh, in the hypothetical, I put on a cap and gloves. Right. Yeah. And um, you reached under the seat for um, a knife. I always kept a knife in the car for the crazies and stuff because you can't travel with a gun. And I remember Charlie saying, you ain't bringing that. And I didn't, right? But I believe he took it. Charlie took the knife? Yeah. In the book. Yeah. Yes. So the back gate, you go through the back gate? Yes. And it was open or broken or? I don't recall. Okay. I go to the front and I'm looking to see what's going on. Um, and I can see that it appears like Nicole had, fly, I had candles all the time. She really did to keep her overhead down, I think. And music was on. And uh, while I was there, a guy shows up. You know? So Ron Goldman comes in the back gate. Yeah. A, a guy that I really didn't recognize. I, I may have seen him around, but I really didn't recognize him to be anyone. And, uh, and I, in the mood I was in, I started having words with him. He says to you, I just came by to return a pair of glasses. Judy left them at the restaurant. Yeah, words to that effect, yes. And, and uh, he was I don't know if I believe it or didn't believe it. Uh, it was pretty much immaterial because, you know, uh, I was more concerned about everything that, that everything that was going on, you know, and uh, was you know, fed up with it, I guess. And uh, You get into a fight. Nicole comes out. And verbal, a verbal A verbal fight. fight. Got a little loud, and by that time, uh, uh, Nicole had come out. So let me see if I have this right, Captain. This was actually filmed. This was a interview slash confession that was actually filmed in 2016, or I'm sorry, 2006. Well, they never called it a confession in 2006. It was just an interview. Right. Filmed in 2006, but not released, not televised until 2018. Right. So the story I heard was, you know, Obviously, O.J. wrote the book, uh, If I Did It, and this was to promote that book. And so it was, you know, we're going to give an interview about the hypotheticals that he wrote about in the book. Right. And that was in 2006. Now, the story I heard was the Goldmans came out and they basically cock-blocked it, right? And they were like, 
you're not going to be doing an interview about this. Mm-hmm. And they had a bunch of issues because they were not getting paid from the civil suit that he was supposed to pay him for. So any profit that he made off the book, and if you look at the book now, I believe it says it was written by uh, the Goldmans. It wasn't even technically written by OJ because anything, any of the profits of that book go to the Goldmans. Right. So for whatever reason, 12 years later, they decide to release this interview. But they did it in a very cool way because they have a panel of people uh, the host that was on the interview in 2006. They also have uh, Christopher Darden, which was one of the prosecutors uh, in the OJ trial. Mm-hmm. And they have this whole panel of, and there was a, some lady that was friends with Nicole Simpson. So they'd play clips of the interview and then want the panel's reaction. Right. And it's two hours long, but <laughs> I'm telling you, the whole two hours, my, my jaw was on the floor. You told me you were on the edge of your seat for because oh. it, because you hear right there in that clip that you selected for us, mm-hmm. you hear that you're like these are bizarre answers. Well, OJ is bizarre anyway. Yeah, but he's and just the amount of laughing he does, mm-hmm. it's I mean it's so shocking. And anybody that does not believe that he is guilty uh, of these murders should just watch this this interview. Um, and I think they call it the lost confession. Again, he, he states over and over, hypothetical or in the book. Right. So that's not really a confession. Where I find a lot of tells, which you'll find during the interview, he'll say, well, as I remember. And that's mm-hmm. different. Like mm-hmm. if you made up a story, you wouldn't be remembering the story. You would be, you're just remembering life. Yeah. And there's a bunch of little tells, and it was very che- chilling, um, and it was just very odd. But I, it was definitely well worth watching. I'm going to give it um, 3.5 bottle caps. There you go. And I would. Uh, it's easy to binge watch. Obviously, it's two hours long, mm-hmm. so it's not the technical term binge watching. And would I watch it again? Um, I would say yes. I've actually watched several clips um, that have been on YouTube again and listened to several reactions of people reacting to those those clips. So, yes, I would watch it again. Next up, we have Murder in the Park. To free a wrongfully convicted man 48 hours away from being executed has got to be the great dream of any reporter anywhere. There was one problem, though. It was one big lie. A bunch of kids who had taken a course on journalism dug up the information that was there available to the police. We went and we reenacted the crime, and we found out that the eyewitness couldn't have seen it at all. They were heroes. The case was a pivotal moment in the abolition of the death penalty in Illinois. I'm commuting the sentence of all death row inmates. I said, there's something going on, but what's going on is not what you see on TV. The journalism professor intentionally leaves out the most important fact of all. They seized on the name of a guy with no evidence and concluded he was the real killer. He tells me that a man is getting ready to die for something I did. She told us that she had been there when her husband committed the crime. I heard two guns. Totally inconsistent. The victims were shot five times. How many shots did you hear? Really three, maybe four, I don't know. This case had a motive behind it bigger than the crime. 
I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. These guys are saying they'll help me get out of prison. They'll say whatever they want me to say. We got the right guy. Anthony Porter killed those two people. It's an utter outrage. It's justice upside down. What would make this right is my freedom. Murder in the Park came out in 2014. It's an hour and a half long. It's the story that has rocked the city of Chicago in a case that many believe is the reason why the state of Illinois abolished the death penalty. So Anthony Porter, who was once convicted of a double homicide and sentenced to death, his death sentence is commuted just days before the execution was to be carried out. This happens when another man confesses to the crime. So they release Anthony Porter, but then many start to doubt his innocence and suspect that both men were simply pawns in a much, much larger plan. This is available on Netflix. I highly recommend this one, Captain. It's a fascinating story. I have seen clips. I have just not seen the whole thing yet. I give but this the- is one that when I downloaded the trailer, I was like, oh, I got to go watch this tonight. Mm-hmm. It's a very good trailer. Yes, it is. It is a very good documentary. Well, and with all the stuff with Adnan Syed's case going on, it's kind of remind. Yeah. It's remnants of that. Yes, uh, I give it four out of five bottle caps. And another, uh, another high score. Would I watch it again? You know, binge worthy is kind of a weird one that applies more to the docu series, not so much the because uh, I sat down and watched this all in one one. Take, right. you know, I might have hit pause to get up and get a second beer, but sat down <laughs> and watched it all in beer. one take. Now, four out of five bottle caps, and would I watch it again? Yes, yes, I would watch this one again. We'll get right back to must see true crime right after this quick beer break. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
betterhelp.com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out betterhelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, cheers, me mateys. Back to the binging. So we talked about the creepers. The keepers. 
We also talked about O.J. Simpson, The Lost Confession, and Murder in the Park. Yeah. And the next one up is a interesting one, Captain, called Wormwood. Wormwood. Let's roll the clip. Welcome, Dr. Olson. It says here you've been unsettled. In this Cold War, the most dangerous weapon is information. You are the men who know the secrets. We are the men who keep the secrets. of your father's death i was told that your father has had an accident but that was the cover story told by the cia all right wormwood you have not seen this one have you i have not but it came out late 2017 on netflix this was a six-part series. It's about a man named Frank Olson who died mm-hmm. under mysterious circumstances back in 1953, and the story is told through his son, Eric Olson. Well, this is a famous kind of like um, urban legend, right, about this CIA agent that was fed some LSD, mm-hmm. and then this agent jumped out the window to his death. And this is an urban legend I've heard for years. I don't have you heard this for years? I I have heard it for years because you've told me about it. Okay, <laughs> for years. <laughs> hey, did you hear about the guy that jumped out of the window? Yeah, you told me last time. Um, so not much to get into here, and I don't want to spoil anything. But it's his son did a bunch of digging, and there was a mm-hmm. bunch of lawsuits, and there's a bunch of information that comes out, and it's very fascinating. And anybody that thinks that the government just does what they tell you they're doing, this is a documentary you're going to want to watch because this is very factual and it's also backed up, like I said, by the lawsuits. Um, Now, I'm old, so the first time I went to watch this, it was pretty late. And I knew that it was a series, so I figured, well, I'll get through one and maybe I'll watch one a day for the next few days or whatever. And I passed out. Okay. The, the first the first episode. But we're not to judge this on that experience is, is what I think you're trying to say. Yeah, and and so I think it was the next day I watched it and some of it is a little dry. There's some really cool scenes where they reenact them mm-hmm. with some really good actors and then also, you know, Olsen's son I think is a very likable character and I think that plays well into enjoying it. So I'm going to give it uh, three bottle caps, and it's definitely binge worthy. And would I binge it again? Um, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna okay. say no. Okay, continuing on, Captain. Next up, one of my favorites, The Thin Blue Line.
we started putting the facts together on how much information we actually had, we found out we didn't have anything. We'd never really gone that long in Dallas without clearing the murder of a police officer. We'd had several killed, but we'd always cleared them pretty quick. However, we finally got the break that cleared it. The day they picked me up, they took me upstairs, but they put me in a little room. He had a confession there he wanted me to sign. Said that I would sign it. He didn't give a damn what I said. I would sign this piece of paper he's got. I told him I couldn't. You get numb. You get... It's like a bad dream. You want to wake up, but you can't do it. Randall never had any prior record. And as far as we know, he never had any history of violence, whatever. When I'm asleep at night, I close my eyes, I think, why would he do it? He had no background that would lead to murder, no reason to commit a murder. I just felt they prosecuted the wrong person, and I don't know why. All right. When we were picking docs to watch, must mm-hmm. see. I actually thought we we're going to try to pick it in this decade. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good lead-in, Captain, because the Thin Blue Line came out in 1988. It's uh, 103 minutes long, and you know I absolutely love the older documentaries. I I love them, and this one, the Thin Blue Line, is an absolute masterpiece. Yes, it's about pregnancy test. <laughs> Well, this is kind of fitting that we followed Wormwood with the Thin Blue Line because right. they have the same director. Now, just per- 20 years or 30 years later. Hey, personally, I think he should do a true crime documentary every year. He's Me that too. good at it. This covers a story about a one about one night in November back in 1976 when a man named Randall Adams, his car breaks down on the side of the road. He's stranded and he accepts a ride from a teenager. This is David Harris. Harris is driving a stolen vehicle, and later that night, Dallas police officer Robert Wood pulls the car over, and he is shot and killed. Now, this classic documentary explores David Harris's perjured testimony, misleading witness accounts, and police misconduct that led a jury to believe that Randall Adams is the killer. So let me tell you what I loved about this the most. Okay. So this was a 1988 release, right? And a strange side note here, this was released in select theaters, which is not common yeah. place today with true crime documentaries. But since it was in 1980s production, it's got that simple, perfect format that was used on Unsolved Mysteries. Short interview clips followed by reenactments of the night of the crime. Which Warmwood has reenactments as well, so... Yeah, and actually style, right? Yeah, his last name is Morris, I believe, the director. And he actually came under fire for this for that style, using that style in this documentary. They were like, you shouldn't have done reenactments. It ruined it. They just wanted the critics just wanted to see the interviews. And I could not disagree more. And I tell you why, because the way that he breaks this down, 
is that you hear an interview with one of the individuals, one of the players involved in this crime, whether it be law enforcement, eyewitness, or one of the suspects. You hear their version of the story. And the the documentary starts off showing you a basic, a very basic, almost newspaper account uh, reenactment of the crime. Right. And then as you get each person's story, they start to add more to the reenactment as they go through it. So it, it kind of overlaps as it goes. So each time they show the reenactment, you're getting more and more of the story. After several accounts, the real story starts to take shape. I absolutely love this one. You can watch this on Netflix. I gave it five out of five bottle caps. Wow. Yeah. Um, and what wow, would you watch it again? I, I actually put no for this, which sounds weird when I give it five out of five, but that's only, it's only because I've watched it twice already. So, so I, Whoa, get, right, I guess right. you can say, no, yes, I would, would watch yes. it again. Yes. Okay. So that, again, that's one that I haven't seen. And I think that's, all the ones that I haven't seen or you haven't seen, right? No, we have Call Me Lucky. Oh, yeah, Call Me Lucky. So let's roll the trailer. Well, there's a couple of things I have to accomplish, and if I do, I think I'll be able to put my little tile in the grand mosaic of life. And those two things are I'd like to overthrow the government of the United States, and I'd like to close the Catholic Church. Barry Crimmins was uh, this weird mythical force. He spawned all of these great humorists. Paula Poundstone. Lenny, Kevin Meaney, Dennis Leary. He was a guy who you heard about before you actually saw him. This whispered about presence. I never met anyone like him. He's just this combination of Noam Chomsky and Bluto. I got caught smuggling books into Kentucky. Got off on a technicality no one could prove they were books. Why do women go to the bathroom in Paris? Because they get hassled by drunk men. He would go into a rage. Watch the kind of stuff I can do here. Just get out. I don't like you. He stopped, I think, worrying about whether he was being funny or not. There was a lot of personal things that happened in his life when he was young that came out later. It was uh, the most shocking thing, I think, in my life that I heard. It's scary for anybody of any age to really see someone who's the face of evil. When AOL was in its infancy, he was looking for other survivors in the chat room. Gary called me up. He said, look at this. And I went, wow, I couldn't believe, you know, what I was seeing. I just can't imagine pretending to be one of these people that caused him such misery. He was angry. He essentially left us with a big problem. He damaged himself to save these kids. After months of knocking on AOL's door, I was suddenly face to face before the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee. AOL is the key link in a network of child pornography traffickers. They weren't quite sure what to make of Barry. We cannot surrender being rude, funny, obnoxious truth tellers. I can't think of anybody that I respect more than Barry. He's a reminder that you do have power. No matter what they do, I'm a witness to what you can go on to become. Call me lucky. All right, call me lucky. It came out in 2015 and was directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. There you go. From the um, Police Academy movies. Yeah, and a stand-up comedian. And it's about the comedian Barry Crimmins. And this is maybe not a true crime show. I'm going to stop you there. I'm Mm going to stop you there. Because you called me just a couple days ago when we were talking about different documentaries. What should go on the list? What shouldn't? And you said to me, you said, hey, I got this one that I loved 
but I don't know if it's true crime. Well, if, I wanted to watch it, right? But I don't. I didn't know if it was true crime because I've only seen interviews about this documentary. Mm. Call me lucky, and I thought I knew there was element there that was possibly true crime. So I said, "Hey, let's put it on the list. I'm definitely going to check it out." Well, I'm not only going to have your back on this decision here, Captain. I'm going to help champion your cause. Because from my understanding, this is one that I've not seen, but from my understanding, this this man uh, who grew up to be a comedian, he he had a traumatic childhood. He was raped as a child. Yeah. And he would go on to help arrest and convict uh, pedophiles. Yes. And, and what I find amazing about the thought of this is that, you know, we talk about this is a crime that is percentage wise, very underreported. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, it's a crime that goes underreported, undetected. And here we have a man that is strong enough to come out many years later and say, look, this happened to me. And not only did this happen to me and everybody should have an awareness of this, but also I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to help put an end to this criminal act. I'm going to help round up some of these bad guys and put them behind bars. Yeah, and so what he did basically was, um, I don't want to give too much away, uh, the majority of the documentary goes over Barry's life, how he got to this point, mm -hmm. and at some point he had a breakdown on stage, and this was, I believe, in the mid-90s, and he just basically came out and explained that he was raped. Um, then he actually went into pretty much hiding into Cleveland mm -hmm. and he discovered that these pedophiles were using AOL chat rooms and he just spent years collecting information. And then he took that, uh, to the government and presented the information. And there's great scenes of him debating, uh, the spokesperson from uh, AOL and basically saying, look, you guys are you guys are protecting these criminals. Right. And he was, and this is before anybody had a clue that there were networking on the internet. I mean, some of these congressmen didn't even understand what the internet was. Right. And because of that, he basically said, here's the problem. Now you guys figure that out. And because of that, I believe just in Cleveland alone, they've been able to arrest over a thousand individuals. And it's sad and it's um, funny, obviously, because it's about a comedian. And but the cool thing about it, and I'm go I'm going to change my rank. I put down three point five stars or okay. three point five bottle caps, but I'm going to say four. You, you've talked about it now. You've gotten pumped up a little bit. Yeah, because here's what's great about it. It's not just the comedy part that's interesting. It's not just what he tried to do to stop these evil monsters that he you know, was attacked again, like we were talking about before when he was younger. Mm -hmm. um, but it was also just, it was a good story about somebody that had something awful done to him and was constantly making other people's lives better. And after you're done watching it, you think, how can I do that every day to wake up and how can I make maybe somebody else's life better? So, I, I just think it's a good story overall. And uh, and I also heard this great story that they didn't have funding towards the end. And um, Bobcat went to Robin Williams mm -hmm. when Robin Williams was sick. And he said, great comedian, no longer with us. 
Right. And he went to him and said, you know, I feel like I'm torturing this guy. I'm making him relive, you know, making Barry relive these things and making him visit places that maybe he shouldn't have to revisit. And Mm -hmm. now we're out of money and I don't know what to do. And we've been working on this for years. And Robin Williams, even though he was, you know, ill at the time, he said, this is too important not to be made. And it's too important for people not to see it. And he helped fund to finish the documentary. So I highly recommend this. I'm going to give it, like I said, four bottle caps. Um, binge worthy, obviously. It's like an hour and a half. And uh, would I watch it again? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think if I need some inspiration to try to be a better person, it would be a good thing. But it, it is very dark subject matter. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I... If I could watch it again. Next up, we have the family I had. Nine one one, go ahead. I accidentally killed somebody. You think you killed somebody? No, I know I did. My sister. I feel so messed up. The day that Ella was born, Paris fell in love. Years later, he destroyed my life. I'm horrified about what he did to Ella, but I never stopped loving Paris. Paris knows somewhere inside of him, he is dark. And it's so obvious that he needs help. He said, you used to say that you would never be able to kill anybody unless they hurt one of your kids. I bet you didn't think it was going to turn out like this. The Family I Had came out in 2017. It's an hour and 17 minutes long. It's about a mother who recounts how her family was shattered after her almost genius IQ level son commits murder. This one is especially sad. It's, yeah. uh, you know, look, true crime is sad. It's shocking. It's disturbing. This is This one is a must watch, but my warning is it's sad. Just like when we did this before and I recommended Dear Zachary, um, I cried a little during that documentary. I don't know if I cried during this one, but I was I was pretty close a few times. Uh, but I do say this was a must-watch. This was on ID Investigation Discovery Channel. So it's so to find this, you may want to check out their website. But I know it's available for purchase on YouTube and Google Play. Yeah, I watched it. I think on iTunes, and this is very similar to me to Newtown, the documentary Newtown. Mm -hmm. And so the thing I liked about it is it makes you ponder and makes you wonder and it makes you cautious of, you know, I have nieces and nephews and you start thinking, well, maybe you should watch for things um, because, you know, in hindsight, they start thinking, well, if we would have picked this up that our son said, if we would have thought this was strange that our son said. Um, so that's the part I liked about it. The part I didn't like about it is I prefer uh, a true crime doc or series that's actually doing some kind of investigation and is there a who done it factor. And in this case, it's like we know who did it right. and now here's the aftermath. And it's very similar to like it's a new town where it's like it's just it's like it gets sad and it just stays sad. So I think it's a a good one. I rated it uh, two and a half bottle caps. 
I gave this one three and a half out of five. And, and the reason being for me, sometimes when I sit down to watch something, you know, I I'm looking for, I love anything that, that invokes emotion, good or bad. You know, some, some documentaries, some movies will make me angry. Some will make me sad. Some will make me inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything I find anything that invokes emotion to be a powerful thing. And for that purpose, I gave this three and a half out of five bottle caps. Right. It's, obviously it's binge worthy because it's not that long. Um, I would not watch it again though, because it's just, like I said, it's, it's sad and stay sad. And the other interesting thing is there's, there's some weird stuff about the grandmother that kind of comes to light and some kind of weird interviews that she has where I go, man, you should dive into that a little more. It almost makes you wonder if the old apple didn't fall too far from the tree in some, some aspect. Yeah. So again, it's good, but, um, be warned that it's very sad. Next up, we have the golden state killer. It's not over for 40 years. He played a game with law enforcement. He said, I'll kill you with clenched teeth. We have his DNA. We just have to find the right guy. He is a nightmare come to life, and he could be anywhere. This one is one of the more recent ones on our list. This came out this year on the ID Investigation Discovery Channel. But not to be confused with a show called Search for Golden State Killer Unmasking the Killer TV mm-hmm. series. Those are two different ones. And actually, I didn't know that the other one existed until I watched this one. Uh, this was The Golden State Killer It's Not Over was a four-part docu-series, each about an hour long with commercials, so you know, 40 minutes long without. In this one, we have a man named Paul Holes. He's an expert cold case investigator. I'm not certain, but I think Paul is with the Contra Costa County don't quote me on that, but some of the crimes that they document here took place there. Now, the Golden State Killer, in my opinion, is one of the worst predators of the late 20th century. I know some of you have heard of him. You may have also be familiar with his other names, Ears, which is short for East Area Rapist, mm-hmm. or yet another name, the original Night Stalker. So, Why so many names? Well, this is a horrible individual that terrorized several communities. He has three different monikers because it took years to figure out that all of these crimes committed in different areas were, in fact, the work of the same offender. So this monster started off breaking into homes and stealing things. This then turned to breaking into homes with young women or teenage girls in the home, followed by binding them and raping them. Then this SOB graduates to murder. So just like anything with criminals, there can be an actual, often gradual evolution, especially when you're talking about someone who breaks in, rapes, robs, and kills. Right. There's a lot of crimes being committed. This guy that they are looking for is responsible for 50 rapes in Northern California in the mid-70s and the murder of 12 people in Southern California from 1979 to 1986. I'll tell you what, Captain, I gave this one three out of five bottle caps. And as mm-hmm. far as binge worthy, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to say so, so on the binge worthy, because there's a lot of crimes being committed. There's a lot of it's it's kind of a 
you know, there's 50 rapes. Right. There's there's 12 murders. Right. And it's it, it kind of gets a little heavy in the sense that it's like they're reporting on this crime, this crime, this crime, this crime, this crime. It gets to be a lot to kind of take in and digest. You said three out of five bottle caps. I gave it three. I actually gave it three and a quarter. There you go. Bottle caps. Now, I should state, I have a really good friend, Morgan, if you're out there. What up, man? Give me a call. Um, He is very big into ears, right? That's, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. He's really big into the um, Golden State serial killer. And so I don't know a lot about the case. And I think that's why I rated a little bit higher because I'm not that familiar with it. And so I thought it was a really good introduction for me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Morgan, my friend that really listened, um, knows a lot about this case, suggested the other one is better. Unmasking the killer. Yeah. And so I'm guessing that's better if you know more about the crime. Okay. You know, so again, I don't know much about it. I've heard, you know, obviously in circles, you know, we'll talk a lot about like, Dahmer and we'll talk a lot about West Memphis three and different things like that. And God, I think I've talked to everybody about the Mara Murray case, but this is the case. Anytime it's brought up, I just kind of have to sit back and go, I don't even know what they're talking about. So it was a very good introduction. I'm going to say uh, three and a quarter bottle caps. I'm going to say it's binge worthy. And would I watch it again? Uh, Probably not. I'd probably watch the other one that my friend uh, Morgan uh, told me to watch. Yeah, I said the same thing. I probably would not watch it again. I I do think it's good. Um, and and here's the thing, what I enjoyed the most about it, uh, to to you know, it's it's tough to say. Would you watch it again? No, but you should go watch it. Right. The reason why I'm telling other people to go watch it is because they did a good job with with coming up with some new theories. And maybe these theories are only new to me, but I found the theories that they presented during this docu-series to be fascinating. And so interesting theories, interesting possible solutions to to horrible crimes that have gripped California, the state of California, for decades. All right, we're down to the final two. Uh, okay, so like I said, big fan of Mara Murray, so I have to put The Disappearance of Mara Murray, the docu-series that was on Oxygen, on this list. We don't know where she is, we don't know where she was going, and we don't know what happened to her. The UMass college student hasn't been seen since she crashed on Route 112 in Woodsville. A witness saw her walking away from the accident. She was going to graduate into a nursing career. She was a role model for me. Such a driven individual. She didn't deserve any harm. (laughs) Where is Maura Murray? What happened to her? How does a person disappear when there's three people watching? Do you wish you had gone back? Sometimes I think that I may have disappeared too. Fred, what do you think happened tomorrow? Guy grabbed her and killed her. It makes you think that this is a serial killer. I think Mora found out she was pregnant. I'd like to think maybe she escaped. She wanted to start her new life somewhere. Mara we knew was completely different than what's come up in all of these theories. Sure enough, I started peeling back the layers and I found all these secrets. It sounded like she was crying and she mentioned something about her sister. Why are you upset with the police? I think they're hiding something. None of the police contacted me and I'm her sister. You cannot trust anybody, her family, policemen, people who were on the scene. What did you do, mister? 
you will become obsessed with this case. If you haven't already, you will. This is a last-ditch attempt to solve this case, and I just want to find the truth. Potentially, this could be the last piece of evidence that could help us link anything to Maura Murray's case. I really think you could find her. Did you see her freeze? That's the longest time you ever sat for a stakeout. What the hell is this? There he is. That's him. What's he running from? He f***ing knows. Where is my daughter? All right, we've talked about this before on the show. We had the host, Maggie and Art, on to talk about it with us. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Oxygen. And again, a lot of, you know, I prefer, it seems like I think they're shot better, the ones that are done for Netflix. Not always, but I think the ones that are done for like Netflix or Hulu, it seems like they have a little bit better of a budget. But this one is shot so freaking well it just looks good it sounds good Mm -hmm. you have two good looking hosts maggie's good looking and and art's a handsome devil and being so close to a case like this and it becomes a little more personal right it's like anytime they make a documentary or somebody's coming out like with when truth and justice said that they're going to cover the west memphis three case it's like it feels personal you know, and yeah, you, and you question it, and and Bob's doing a good job. If you like the West Memphis Three case, check out the Truth and Justice podcast. He's doing a good job on that. But with the Mara Murray, I've researched it so much. I'm so into it right away. Um, from my good friend Aurelia telling me about the case, it's like I was sucked in for months. Um, followed the every podcast about it, and then you find out it's going to be on Oxygen. And the first thing is you think, oh, God, don't ruin this. Right. And so you got to get used to the host. Are they going to grow on you? Um, both of the hosts grew on me, you know, over a couple episodes. You got to start seeing their personalities. You got to start seeing the way they think. And Art just has a great, um, a great investigative mind. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I love, like I said, it was shot really well. It's a six-part series. Uh, Each an hour long. Yeah, you you couldn't binge it because they, you can binge it now, but you couldn't then because it came out every week. And I remember the first time thinking, I'm just going to wait, you know, the six weeks or whatever so I can binge it all at the same time. And that, that did not happen. I watched every week and every, I think it was on like a Saturday. So I had to like, you know, people would be like, Hey, come have a beer or something. I'm going like, Oh man, I'm busy. I work in the morning. But that's just cause I wanted to watch the docu series and I thought it was really good. But the thing that I loved about it was this case in particular has all these talking points and all these points of speculation that people have speculated on the internet for years and years and years and for some reason, this case is very polarizing. If you think that you uh, know, let's say, one of the points of speculation, that you have a gut feeling that that you know what happened, they did a really good job of taking all these points that have been discussed throughout the years and breaking them down one by one and actually coming up with answers. And yeah. and I would argue, now there's still some people that are like, oh, what they came up with is, is bullshit, right? No. I would say 
that a lot of the theories that they came up with, a lot of the tests they've done actually prove things. And they can, and to me, it stops the conversation of a lot of the points of speculation. Well, the thing here, Captain, they kind of did something what we have had to do here in the garage a few times. Sometimes when you take a look at a case and you really dive in, near the end of it, you start to go, okay, we're not going to be able to come to a final conclusion. We're not going to be able to say who we think did it or we think this happened this way and and why it mm-hmm. happened this way. So, so, so what they were very smart about is they took a lot of these different theories, a lot of these different angles, and they did something that I love. They crossed a few of them off. Right. You know, because sometimes when you can't, when you can't say this is what happened, at least you can go ahead and investigate and tell us what didn't happen. So we can get a little closer to the truth. And I thought they did a fantastic job of doing that. Uh, you said binge worthy. I say extremely binge worthy. And I, I'll tell you why this is what I did. I kind of let the DVR fill up with this one for a while. Right. And it was just because I knew the case well enough. And I thought, okay, this is going to go one of two ways. Either I'm not going to like it and it's going to be a waste of my time. Right. Kaku, poo, poo, poo. Yeah. Or B, mm-hmm. and this is what I was hoping for, is that I know how this case goes. And I thought if they do this well, I'm not going to want to just watch one episode. I'm going to want to watch two or three. So I let the old DVR fill up with this one for a while. And six parts, I think I watched it in three nights uh, once it was all done. So I would say this is extremely binge worthy. Uh, as far as a grade, I gave this a three and a half bottle caps out of five. Um, would I watch it again? I, I actually, I put no, but I, I don't know that that actually, would you watch it again? To me, doesn't have any justification as to how good something is. Right, right. Sometimes when things, when things are laid out very clear and cut and they're very precise in the way that they deliver the information, you don't need to watch it again. I felt like I absorbed it all. Right. I, I felt like I could give a book report on it when I was done. And like I said, this was a case. And like you said, this was a case that we both studied a lot. So we hold it in high regard. Oh my God, I hope they do this right. And they did it right. They did a great job. Well, this case is so strange too, because um, I remember Aurelia telling me when she goes, Oh, have you heard of the smart Murray case? It's a crazy case. And, I remember talking to James Renner the first time and he said, yes, this is a weird case because you become a part of it is what he said. Right. So think about it this on, in these ways, um, this documentary comes out now. We don't know Maggie and art, but now we do. And we're going to be hanging out with Maggie at crime con. So if you haven't got your crime con tickets, make sure you do so use our code TC garage. Uh, but Maggie will be there and we'll be hanging out and drinking. I'm not for sure if Art will be there. I hope he is because I'd like to drink with him. But Tim and Lance were on the show. We've hung out and we've drank with Tim and Lance. And our buddy James Renner, the king of Cleveland, we've hung out and drank with him. So there's a lot of people that we know in real life that were actually in this docuseries, which was uh, made it even more personal. Are you grading on a curve because you know those people and you're going to have to see them? No, I'm not. I actually, I, I scrutinized it more because of that. I think so. <laughs> and, and like I said, I mean, I, I developed over a couple episodes. I developed a little, little bit of a crush on Maggie. I won't deny that. Um, I have a big crush on art. I, yeah. And that's okay. Cause I have, I have, you know, I have some man feelings for art as well. Now I, I did find out that Maggie has an awesome boyfriend and he's way cooler than I am. 
So there's no chance <laughs> there. I mean, the guy has way cooler tattoos, and he, I think he has awesome motorcycles. So I do not have a motorcycle. You're getting off track here. I'm getting off track. My, I digress. Anyways, it's a great series, and I think more docuseries should be done this way. It's you know, It, it was more about trying to find answers than it was telling a story. And for that, like I gave it four and a half bottle caps. I said it's binge-worthy, and would I watch it again? I have. I've watched it. Um, now, what I'd do, it'd be like the third episode or the fourth episode, and they'd replay the old ones or play a couple before. Mm-hmm. And so I'd rewatch just to see if I missed something. Um, anyways, I think it's really great, and you should check it out. I think you can do so just on Oxygen.com or whatever. Well, and I'll tell you what, Captain. You know, Oxygen, before this docu-series came out, Oxygen had already decided that they were going to throw their hat in the ring, the the true crime garage. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're going to throw their hat in the old true crime ring. Yeah, that's, a, that's the bourbon talking. But I'll tell you what. I think that this docu-series, The Disappearance of Mara Murray, I think that for me, this showed that Oxygen deserves to be there. They belong there. Yeah, and being friends with uh, Maggie and Art, it'll be interesting to see if they do something else again. Um, but let's get to the final one, my friend. That's right. Rounding out the top. That's right. Rounding out the 10. Let's just keep that in there. Yeah. I can't do top 10. Uh, rounding out the top 10. It's not a top 10 list. Rounding out our 10 today. We have mind Hunter. It's not easy butchering people. It's hard work physically and mentally. I don't think people realize You need to vent. You know, there's a lot more like me. Do you think so? 40 years ago, your FBI was founded hunting down John Dillinger. Now, we have extreme violence between strangers. We travel around the country and teach FBI techniques to cops. You guys mind if I bother you for a minute? She was found cuffed and lashed to the bed. What people won't do to each other. There's nothing people won't do. How can we help? We should be using every resource we can, talking to the smartest people we find from the broadest possible spectrum. Are criminals born? Or are they formed? Psychopaths are convinced that there's nothing wrong with them, so these men are virtually impossible to study, yet you have found a way in near-perfect laboratory conditions. Hello, ladies. That's what makes this so exciting and potentially so far-reaching. I can't let these guys rub off on me. The way they view sex. And women. It is not our job to commiserate with these people. It is our job to electrocute them. We can't like everything we do. We're talking to serial killers. Serial killers. New terminology. I'm trying to warn you. Your attitude is going to bite you in the ass. So young to be ruining people's lives. What did you do? You're developing a pattern of behavior that will not sustain you here. Agent Ford, if you leave, I can't help you. There's no procedural rule book for how to talk to these people. If any of this is going to work, we need to talk to more subjects. More! You want truffles? You got to get in the dirt with the pigs. How do we get ahead of crazy if we don't know how crazy thinks? Oh, man. That's so good. Mindhunter is a TV series that came on on 2017. It's about uh, the FBI. In the late 70s, two FBI agents expand criminal science by delving into the psychology of murder and getting uneasily close to real monsters. 
For all of you out there that love the show Criminal Minds, this is the very adult version of Criminal Minds. It's on Netflix. It's a 10-part series. The episodes vary in length, just like most Netflix series, but I would say most are in the 40-minute to one-hour range. Yeah. What really shocked me, Captain, I thought Mindhunter was deserving of several awards. It's so well done and put together. It it really has everything. It it is slow at times, but it is violent. It's dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it's even funny at times, and it's intriguing to watch special age, agents Holden Ford and Bill Tench take apart the criminal mind, peeling it away one layer at a time, like an onion. Then you see them employ techniques they have learned about the criminal mind and criminal behavior through their psychological backgrounds and what they have learned at the FBI's BSU. Now, some people say, well, this is not really a documentary. And you're right, right. it's not. It's a, it's a TV show. But the thing here is anybody who has watched this, and you, you learn this very quickly watching it, it, it might as well be a documentary. And I say parts that of it. Yeah. I say that because it's a true story. And what I mean by that is the, the criminal names that are used and the crimes committed and the places committed and the times committed are all real. That's all real stuff in there. Now, well, not really, but what do you mean? Well, what I mean is it's, it's somewhat true. Like, first of all, the, the people they talk to, the killers, they talk to the serial killers, they talk to. Those are real. And those are also based off of real interviews. So you could actually take clips from this show uh, of them interviewing like Kemper, right? And you can find a real interview with Kemper and you can compare the two and he'll say exact lines from, from the actual interviews. But as they're laying that out for you and they're laying out how the FBI came up with some of these, how they um, profile uh, mm-hmm. the questions they ask. As they go through that, which is also factual base, they also solve crimes from town to town. Right. And those aren't real crimes. Most of them are. See, I, I didn't I didn't get that part of it. So it's based off of this. This TV series is based off of the book Mindhunter by John Douglas. And... In the book, they will give you, they'll give you a break. They give you a breakdown of these crimes that the captain's talking about. And as far as I know, the majority of them are real and they're told exactly how they went down. And even they show you some of the techniques that they use to get confessions from people or to put suspects, back them into a corner and get them to say incriminating things. It's, it's a truly fascinating show. I, I personally gave it five out of five. Me too. Um, as far as binge worthy, I found it very binge worthy. I watched the whole season in three nights. Mm-hmm. Um, would I watch it again? I've I've already watched it twice. Uh, I was I I was getting excited because I thought you know since they put out the first series in 2017, I heard that they are going to have a second season this year, mm-hmm. and I thought okay cool. Hopefully it's at the beginning of this year. And I did a little little snooping around. It looks like it's going to come out late this year. I don't have an exact date on that. I don't know that they've stated an exact date. Um, but I, out of anticipation for season two, I had to watch season one again. I thought it was that good. They do so many things about the so many things about this 
uh, show are so fascinating to me. One, the recording equipment. They have to record these interviews uh, while they're talking to the serial killers. And the technology keeps changing as technology keeps advancing. So they start off with a reel-to-reel tape. And I've used all these machines that they use, which I thought was neat. I also think the cars that they use uh, in the show is pretty fascinating because of their time period cars. Um, I wasn't huge into the main character at first. I think the it took maybe... Holden Ford? Yeah, that actor, it took a, a couple episodes for him to grow on me. And now I can say he's the right guy for the job. And, and I, I like, I like all the characters in the show. And I also think it's a shot so well, as far as like the, the tones they use. And it's just overall just super fascinating. And, and so many people should win awards, uh, especially the guy that played Ed Kemper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did a fantastic job and it was weird. He did such a good job that, that you're watching it and you're like, I really like Ed Kemper. And then you're like, wait a second. What am I talking about? It's Ed <laughs> Kemper. But yeah, it, I believe this takes place in the late seventies, probably 77 would be my guess. Mm-hmm. And my thought here, captain, I, I know that the, the two main characters, uh, Holden Ford and Bill Tench, I believe that they're primarily based off of John Douglas and Robert wrestler, real, uh, heroes and real, super cops, if you want to call them that, that, that worked in the FBI for many years, there, right. there does seem to be a little bit of a, um, uh, you know, there were multiple guys that worked in this, this group back then. And I think that there, there are little pieces that they pull in from different agents that were involved in the FBI back then to yeah, kind of, of course, yeah. make this, these two kind of super cops that are traveling around the United States, interviewing, serial killers for their research and like you said solving some crimes along the way so what i thought about the the cases that they solved in between the reason why i just thought they were based on stuff i mean it's kind of fascinating to so you're saying whatever names they used were actual cases yes i i believe so with with the exception of one or two of them um and i don't want to get into too many of it because part of the part of the great thing about this show is they're deducing crimes and the criminal mm-hmm. mind and they're solving crimes. Yeah. So I don't want to kind of give any of that away, but uh, yeah, most of those, most of those crimes and most of those stories that are told along the way are real life crimes that were solved by the FBI. Actually, I say this, I think technically they are solved by the local law enforcement right. with, the, with help the help and assistance of the FBI. The only thing that I didn't like about it, overall is I thought there was too many this might sound weird coming from a man but I thought there was too many sex scenes well I, I felt like you could they could just do away with those I get what you're saying and I think that's because the interview process when they're interviewing these different criminals mm-hmm. and when they're solving these different crimes that stuff is so interesting that you just want it to be jam-packed with that every minute of every episode that's the way it was for me yeah maybe that's what it but I, I also just think it's such a cheap move, you know, and I, I, I've noticed that a little bit, not to knock Netflix too much, but I've noticed that with a lot of the series that I've watched on Netflix, they'll be like, oh, I can't remember what it was called, Gypsy or something where it's like, it's like the whole, 
every five minutes is a sex scene, but, and you're like, but Wait this a was this was not that. I didn't find. I I found there's probably like three or four. There's a lot of these scenes out of ten episodes. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was over overwhelming with that. Either way, if you haven't seen Mindhunter, either way, if you haven't seen Mindhunter, it's very uh, well worth it, and it's very binge worthy. I loved it. I loved it. So there you have it, everyone. You asked for it. You got it. There's ten wonderful true crime must see TV items for you to binge on this week and this weekend. You want to go over the list real quick? Sure. Let's hit them with the list. All right. So we have the keepers. We have Mine Hunter. I'm not going in any order. Uh, we have Murder in the Park. We have Thin Blue Line. We have The Disappearance of Mara Murray. We have the documentary The Family I Had. The TV show Golden State Killer. It's not over. We have the interview The O.J. Simpson, The Lost Confession. Mm-hmm. We have the docu-series Wormwood on Netflix. And the one that's not really true crime uh, based is uh, the one Call Me Lucky. And like we said, we will go ahead and post the list for you at truecrimegarage.com. Yeah, and if there's anything that you think we should watch or anything that we should have put on that list, put that in the blog for us as well. All right, Captain, it was fun talking about must-see true crime TV with you today. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody enjoyed our list and our recommendations, and happy binging to you this week and this weekend. Until next time, we'll see you back here in the garage next week. Why don't you be good, be kind, and please don't let it. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation.